0: In our current culture,
1: the most important thing that we as Christ followers can do is listen and obey the voice of God. Oftentimes, we put a strong emphasis on obedience to the Lord, which is very important. But just as important is our ability to listen to God. See, what you listen to oftentimes is an entry point into what you obey. So what do you listen to? Who do you listen to with social media and and television and media outlets and YouTube and information literally at the the press of a button, even to the point where we have friends and colleagues that, that speak into our lives and we listen to before we listen to the voice of God. If we do this, we become in danger of missing what God wants to tell us and ultimately his direction for us. And as I stand on my soapbox, this is not just a problem that is outside of the church, but inside the church as a whole. That we sometimes have allowed our, ourselves to listen to gossip, to listen to rumors, to listen to unbiblical theology, to listen to, to just have truths. But if, if we... Want to see an impact in our culture, we need to listen and obey the voice of God. Let me explain. This is uh, my favorite time of the year, okay? Not because Christmas is coming. If you have a countdown to Christmas, you're crazy, right? Just all those people are like Christmas is coming. It's October, all right? But I love it because it's football season. I love football Football, Amen. Uh, I love it so much that unashamedly I brought a second TV from my room into the living room so I can watch two games at the same time. Like I have a problem, okay? Pray for my wife. Uh, I, I love football so much. And, and I, as I was watching over the last few weeks, even yesterday, I noticed something so simple that happens that we overlook when we watch sports, right? So simple. I saw the coach call a play, the players listen, and then they obey. Now, you're like, well, yeah, that, that's a given. Like, it's supposed to happen. I mean, if you think about it, when they do a post-game interview with the winning, you know, team coach or, or, or player, what do they ask? Hey, what was the secret to your victory? What was the secret to your success? And you always hear something along the lines of, we were able to execute. We got the job done. Never do you hear someone say, we were able to listen. Right? You're like, what? We don't, you don't hear that. Why? Because it's a given. But as I was watching some of the games yesterday, I was like, what if it wasn't a given to listen? Like, what would that look like? And so imagine with me that a football team is playing a game. Name of a football team that we can use as an exec. Cowboys. Thought we'd pick a more winning team, but um, it's a year. It's your year still, right? (laughs) Um, And and so, okay, imagine the Cowboys are are playing and we have their coach, coach Mike McCarthy, right? New coach. Uh, You guys have hope. Good for you. But Coach Mike uh, McCarthy calls a play to his quarterback Dak Prescott, right? Can you imagine watching this on your television? Coach goes up and says, Dak, I need you to do this, 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 and this. And while he's calling this play, his quarterback can't hear anything because the Cowboy fans are too loud. They're like, oh my gosh, the Cowboys, I love you. This is our year for the last 20 years. I'm like, I don't know. They're just so loud. And Dak Prescott's like, Coach, wh- what did you say? It's too loud. I can't hear you. He goes, Dak, I want you to do this, 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 this. And the Cowboys, go, ah, Dak, I love you. You should get a raise. Like, you know, just, and he can't hear. He's like, Coach, what did you say? Then all of a sudden, brrr, took too long. Penalty, delay of game, moved back five yards. Now, if you saw that, you're like, what is going on? Everyone's like, hey, be quiet. Be quiet. He can't hear. And so everyone's quiet in the stands. And now Coach McCarthy says, Dak, I need you to do this, this, and this. Run this play. And as soon as he says that, another coach on the sideline is like, yeah, that's a good play, but you should do this, 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 and this. Now D- Dak Prescott, the quarterback, is like, well, what do I do? He goes to the huddle. Hey, fellas, coach said to do this, but the other coach said to do this. They're both good plays. I don't know which one to run. Uh, Zeke, the running back's like, no, those are good plays, but give me the ball, right? Feed me, feed me, and and Dak's like, well, that's a good play too, and they're just talking about it. And all of a sudden, too, too long delay of game penalty, five yards, repeat, first down. Now, if we're watching this, we're getting frustrated. So is the owner of the Cowboys, Jerry Jones. He's up in this press box like, oh, I'm going down there. He, he comes down to the field. He's like, everybody, shut up. No, I, just, I don't know. Stop talking. Coach, you call the play. Coach Mike McCarthy, Dak, third time. I need you to go. I need you to run this, do this, 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 and this. And Jerry's like, hey, coach, that is a good play, but I've got a better play, right? That used to work way better. Dak, no, y'all heard that, but you run this, 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 and this. Now Dak is confused. He's like. Well, what do I do? Uh, coach calls the place, but our owner signs my paycheck. Like what? Is it? They, he's so confused. They're talking about it in the huddle. Then all of a sudden, brrr, delay of game, five yard penalty, repeat first down, you took too long. If you were watching this online, what would you be saying? What is wrong with you? Like get it together. Like this is supposed to be our year, right? You'll be be like, these guys are crazy. They're so confused. Why don't they just listen and run the play? I wonder if we as Christians... When we're trying to live this life that Jesus has given an example and told us in his word, look just as confused and crazy when we're listening to these outside voices of what it means to live with Christ that we're so bombarded with different voices that we don't make a move. Like I wonder how crazy and, 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 and uh, confused we look when we say, oh, the word of God says to live like this, but... This pastor on YouTube that I, that I follow, he's got, he's got a million followers, and he says to live like this. Or I know the Word of God, it says to live like this, but one of my friends who I've I seen, he kind of grew up in the church, he says Christianity is living like this. Or I saw this social media post and what it means to be a Christian, and we get all these voices of what it means to follow Jesus. We want to listen to our coach but we don't know who else to listen to, and we look confused. We look crazy, and ultimately, we don't obey because we don't know what to listen to. Again, we need to listen to the voice of God and obey Him. So today, as we continue our series, "Soapbox," looking through the Book of Philippians, if you have your Bibles. Turn with me to Philippians chapter three. Philippians is in the New Testament. This is actually a letter that was written by Paul to the church of Philippi. And check this. Paul wrote this letter while in prison. And he's writing this letter to the church of Philippi, which he actually founded. He actually started when he was on this missionary journey to get get the gospel to all Europe. So he started this church. And in chapter one, we learned two weeks ago that we need to rejoice in suffering. Last week, we learned that we need to have humility today. I want us to look at the warnings that Paul has for this church of Philippi and take it on as our warnings as the church of today. So Philippians chapter three, starting in verse one, he says this, "'Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord.'" Let me just stop right there, okay? Rejoice in the Lord is a common theme in Philippians, like to rejoice in the Lord. I think this is so important for us to understand today because there's so much chaos going on. There's so much confusion, pandemic. I mean, we watch the debate and we're like, what is going on, right? But guess what? Our joy doesn't come from our circumstance or situation. Our joy comes when we trust in the Lord. It's not about what's going on around us or what's going around in your life. It's about putting your trust in the Lord. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write the same things to you is not tedious, but for you it is safe. I thought it was very interesting how Paul addressed the the church of Philippi. He goes, hey, I'm writing to you something that you already know. Like I've already told you about this. And I'm not doing it just so you get more knowledge, just so I beat it over the head for you. I'm not doing that for that reason. I'm doing it for your safety. See, I love that he's addressing it like this because I served and worked with teenagers for eight plus years. And how many of you guys know when you repeat something to a teenager, they always have that mentality. I already know. You already told me. Right? Hey, take out the trash. I know. You already told me. No, 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 take out the trash. I heard you already. I tweeted about it. I'll take out the trash. And you're like, I, I know, but actually do it this time. So I wonder if some of the times that we hear the same thing that God is trying to tell us, and we get the, ah, you already told me already, God, because you have not obeyed it yet. So I wonder if sometimes Paul is like writing this, hey, I'm writing to you again because you haven't obeyed it yet. And so... He says again, in, going in verse two, Philippians three two, okay, says beware of dogs. Who let the dogs? No, I'm just not going to go there. Uh, sorry, got all kind of crazy thoughts in my head. Beware of evil workers, and then ready, beware of the mutilation. Sounds epic, right? As I, as I was doing my SOAP on, on Philippians 3, SOAP is an acronym of how we can read God's word a little bit better. SOAP standing S for scripture. What scripture stands out to you? O, what do you observe about that scripture? A, how do you apply it to your life? And P, the prayer that you would pray according to what you have read and observed. The scripture that stood out to me in Philippians 3 was this. Beware of dogs. Beware of, the, of evil workers. Beware of the mutilation. Now, I, it, stud, it stuck out to me because I don't hear this talk in Philippians anywhere else. Like, this is a strong statement. Beware of dogs, right? You thought that sign on your back fence was, no, it's scripture, okay? Beware of dogs. Now, when I looked it up and observed what it actually meant, Dogs was actually a derogatory term that Jews would, would call Gentiles. Like dogs was a, a, was a term that meant unclean. And so Jews would call the Gentiles, oh, you're a dog, you're unclean. And so I read this and I was like, what? Paul, are you saying beware of the Gentiles? No. Paul is taking this term and using it back on some Jewish legalist. See, what was going on is Paul was going around, the apostles going around. They're converting people to Christianity. People are getting saved and all this stuff. And then there was a group of Jewish legalists following them around saying, well, uh, I know that you surrendered your life and you got baptized, but uh, according to the law of Moses, you need to get circumcised as well. That's what was going on. He's like, beware of those false teachers. False teachings, even beware of the mutilation. He's talking about beware of of people adding to scripture or or cutting up scripture and the word of God of, of the truth that it has. Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers. And then it says this in Philippians 3 For we are the circumcision. Never thought I'd ever say circumcision in church, but If you have a problem about about it, it's in your Bible, so you can cut it out if you want, but. (laughs) Some of you guys are like, wait, still what? Google? All right. Um, But he says, we are the circumcision. How many of you guys are like, I am a Christian? Anybody ever say, I am the circumcised? No. All right, I need to keep going. All right. He's saying we are the circumcision. Why? It's a term that these Jewish legalists knew as, as, as being the devout. And he said, no, 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 we are the true Christians. We are the real devout. And he tells us what true Christianity looks like. He says, we are the circumcision, ready? Who worship God in the spirit. That we don't worship just outwardly. We don't just sing a song or repeat some lyrics. We worship in and through the spirit. And that we rejoice in Christ Jesus, that our joy is not by circumstance, our joy is not by situation, our joy is not what goes around us, our joy is in Jesus Christ. And ready, this next part, highlight it, underline it, whatever you want, and have no confidence in the flesh. We have no, you should have no confidence in the flesh. What does that mean? That we should not have any confidence in ourselves, any confidence in our own ability, any confidence in anything that we're doing, but all confidence should be in Jesus. All confidence should be in, in, in the Son of God. All confidence should be in the Spirit of God, in the Holy Spirit. All confidence should be in His mercy, in His strength, in His might, in His power. All confidence should be in His righteousness, His holiness, His judgment. All, I mean, all confidence should be on the Lord of lords, the King of kings, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. That's where our confidence comes from. That's where, this is so important for us to know, beware, beware, beware. This is so important because I believe that we're in the last days. I look around and I see things and say, man, we're, we're coming into the last days. And some of us know the scriptures, right? What are the signs of the end times? We'll say, man, it will be wars, rumors of wars floods, pestilence, we know all this stuff. You know what Jesus says, one of the last signs of the the end times? It's this, starting in verse 11 in Matthew 25, he says, then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. In the end times, in the last days, which you can look around and say, maybe we're living in it. Many false prophets will rise up and try to deceive us basically point us in a different direction than Jesus. So we need to be on high alert. We need to be aware. I mean, Jesus even takes it a step further in Matthew 7, in verse 15. He says, beware of false prophets who come to you in what? Sheep's clothing. Who are like inwardly, they are ravenous wolves. Basically, he's saying this. We, as God's people, are his sheep. He is the shepherd, and there's going to be many among you that in sheep clothing, clothing looked apart, say the right things. They might even know the right things, but inwardly, they're out to devour and divide you away from the presence of God. Beware of those. Beware of those people. Scripture says, my sheep hear my voice. I jotted down some signs of a false teacher. Signs that just from wisdom and hearing from other, other pastors, what are some signs of a false teacher? Why? My, my hope is, one, that you, are, you beware for your own ears. That when you hear some of these, you, you are careful with what you listen to and you're, you're aware, like, oh, and I need to beware of what this is saying. But also, can I just clarify, I want this, I want this list for you to beware of your mouth you're not just having the antennas up of, oh, what do I listen to? Oh, that's false teaching. But that you don't say some of these things and become a false teacher yourself. So I wrote some stuff down. You can write them down, take some notes. This is not all of the list, but some that I found important. Ready? Most of the times, false teachers are known for what they are against rather than what they are for. Most, te- most false teaching, from what I've seen, they're known for what they're against, not what they are for. Number two, most of the times, false teachers lack a culture of honor or encouragement. They lack being able to honor people. Matter of fact, a lot of what they talk about is about dishonoring them. They might say it in Christianese way, but they dishonor people. Number three, I thought this is very important. Most of the times, false teachers... Don't point people to Jesus. Like, they might, they might point people, you know, to some cool sayings, some motivational talks, maybe some philosophies that Jesus talked about. They might point, point people back to a, a person or a ministry, but they don't point be, people back to Jesus. And when I say Jesus, everything about Jesus. Not just the, the good parts of Jesus, but, but even the parts where he had some wrath and righteousness, Point people to his whole life. Number four, most of the times false teachers have no respect for God's authority or leadership. Most of the times, be careful that false teachers don't have any respect for God's authority or leadership. Unless the last one right here that I wrote down, most of the times false teachers can't bless other kingdom work. It's all about their what they're, they're doing and they can't bless Someone else, they get jealous or envious or like, oh, they're not doing it right. And so this is, this is what our ministry is doing. We're better. It can't bless any other kingdom work. Beware. Beware of dogs. Beware of the evil workers. Beware of the mutilation. So how? How can we determine what to listen to? How do we do that? This is going to be really simple I, I always talk about it. I think the simplicity of some of the things that we know is overlooked because we're like, oh, I need more. Now, this is the simple way of how do you know and determine what to listen to. Ready? Number one, we need to know the word of God. Point blank. We need to know the word of God. This needs to be the most precious thing that you own. I mean, if we want to listen to God, this is literally his love letter to us. If this was a text message, this is a really long text message, but this is God speaking to us. We need to know it. Paul wrote to Timothy, and he says this in 2 Timothy 3, 12. Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. 13, but evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse. Church, evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But here's our instruction ready? But you must continue in the things which you have learned. Being a disciple, literally translated a learner, and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned. And that you have, and that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. And this next part is a scripture that our staff has memorized because it's so important. Ready? All scripture, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. No, 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 guys, I don't think you understand. I'm going to get my soapbox all scripture, not just some scripture, not just the scripture that you like, not just picking apart, all scripture is, by, is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, actual knowledge, wisdom, for, for, for correction, which means the word of God will correct you and put you in alignment. It's profitable for reproof, for instruction in righteousness, so that the man of God will be made complete. Church, you are incomplete without the word of God. I don't care how many church services you go to, how many small groups, how many worship songs you sing. You are incomplete without the word of God. It's hard. It's hard to be deceived if you know the truth. It's hard to fall for the trap of false teachings if you know the truth. If you want to elevate God's voice in your life, elevate his word. Again, one, we need to know the word of God. And number two is really simple. We need to be close to God. We need to be close to God. You're like, well, yeah, I get that. Well, in first Kings, God speaks to Elijah, and when he speaks to Elijah, it's described, God's voice is described as a still, small voice, almost like a whisper. Do you understand? If I were to whisper, you need to be close proximity to me to hear a whisper. If you want to know God's voice and hear God's voice in your life, you need to be so close to him that you can hear that still, small voice. Let me explain it kind of in an illustration. Maybe this will help you guys. I need somebody. I need somebody to help me in, as an illustrator. I see Ken's 5, Bill Taylor here. Bill Taylor, weatherman, come up on stage. Come on. Come on, Bill. All right. Bill, do you have thick skin? You have thick skin? Yes, absolutely. Okay, because what we're going to do, Bill, I'm going to have you stand on stage, and I'm going to have everybody in this service Boo you! Can we get a mic for? A, can we? All right. So I want you to stand right here, and everyone, I want you to boo him with all your might. Okay? Like, have you ever booed anyone in church? Probably not. This is your chance. Okay? Uh, plus, you're a Giants fan, aren't you? Yes, I am. Just want to yes, leave with that. <laughs> Just wanted to leave with that. Okay? Weatherman Bill Taylor, we're gonna boo him. Um, cause you know, he told you 50% chance of rain, but it wasn't, you know, just, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to come off stage, Bill, and I'm going to walk back here. And when they boo you, I mean, go after Bill. This is fun. Um, I'm going to try to talk to you from right here and I want you to listen to what I say.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: All right. Ready? Everybody on the count of three. One, two, three, Boo boom. All right, stop. Bill, did you hear me?
0: Uh, not a word. I okay. saw your
1: hands. Okay. All right, let me, let me move up closer. Hey, guys, you guys are booing um, like you guys just are like, oh, boo. I mean, he got the weather wrong. Okay? Now, I need you. Let me throw something if you want. This is a chance. Uh, I'm going to come right here. I'm going to talk to you. But I want you guys all, I mean, give them the booze, okay? Giants fan, guys, come on. Oh, you Cowboys man should be throwing stuff. All right, ready? One, two, three, boo them. <laughs> all right, what did you hear? Nothing. You didn't hear anything. I heard boom. Okay, I, I tried to move up closer. All right. Church, this is what I need, I need you really to, to do. I mean, I need you to just 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 rail on and Bill right now. Just like this is the most fun thing. You'll never be able to boo after this moment. Okay? I hope. Um, all right. Don't boo me afterwards. Like, oh, I don't like that point. I mean, just give give it, give it hell to, to Bill. Just, all right, so boo him. Bill, I'm gonna talk right here to you, okay? okay. Alright, ready? One, two, three, boo. <laughs> Boy, I'm so proud of you, man. I'm so uh, just honored for you as a friend, and I'm excited for what God is going to do for your life. All right, stop. You guys had too much fun with that. <laughs> Bill, what did I say?
0: You said, Bill, I'm so proud of you. I'm honored to be your friend, and I'm excited to see what God's going to do in your life.
1: That's so awesome. Give it a round of applause for Bill Taylor. You ready? You ready for the illustration? When you are close to God, it doesn't matter what outside voices are against you, booing you, speaking against you. If you're in close proximity to hear God's whisper, you'll hear Him clearly. Like I, I think, I think someone needs to hear that this morning. That no matter what voices are speaking against you, no matter what, what, what what our world and our culture is speaking against you, if you draw near to the voice of God and listen to his whisper, it doesn't matter how loud the boos come, it doesn't matter how loud the other voices come, when he is right in your ear, when you're close to him, you'll hear him. You'll hear him. So this is what I want to do. I had a very clear instruction of what I, what I wanted to do at the end of this message. I wanted to give you an opportunity to listen. See, I grew up in the church a lot, and my prayer life is always me jumping in prayer saying, God, I need this. God, you're awesome. And, and I wonder sometimes if God's like, all right, I want to talk, but you won't let me talk. And I've truly enjoyed over the last few months just stopping, opening up my ears, shutting my mouth, and listening. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give you guys a few minutes, whether you're online or you're here in person. I want you, ready, simply to listen. Close your eyes, you know, bow your head, whatever you need to do to posture yourself so that you're not distracted. And I want you to listen, because some of you, I think God's going to tell you, hey, I want you to love me more and spend more time with me. Some of, some of you, God's going to speak and say, man, I, I want you to love others and take spiritual responsibility for souls. Some of you, God's going to speak and say, hey, I, I want you to serve more. I want you to give more. Some of you, God might speak to you and say, hey, I, I needed you to humble yourself in your marriage that you need to love your spouse more, love your kids more. I don't know what God is going to speak to you, but I don't want my voice to be the only voice that you hear today. I want you to hear from the voice of God. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to create a few minutes where you can be quiet and listen. When God speaks to you or he puts something in your mind, just write it down. Write it down in your notes, write it down in your phones, whatever it is, okay? Father, right now. We take time to listen. God is speaking to you. Write it down. Whether that is Him saying, "I want more time with you," which I think He might be speaking to all of us, whether that is repent, stop sinning, take spiritual responsibility, serve, get, well, whatever that is. Write it down. Because I don't want you to just write it down and meditate it. I want you to obey it. James, the brother of John, our brother Jesus, said. Be doers of the word, not just hearers only, deceiving yourself. So you can falsely teach yourself if you hear from God and you don't do it. You can be your own false teacher for your own life. And so whatever it is, listen and obey. Now you might be saying, well, I didn't hear anything today. The cool thing is you don't just hear from God only in church. You can hear from God later. Just constantly open up your ears, church. Constantly open up your ears. But one thing that I am listening and I'm hearing is that I feel like God is saying, there's some of you guys who have, I can't hear me because you don't have a relationship with me. It's kind of hard to listen to someone that you don't know. And so I truly believe that if God wants to speak to you, the one or few who are in this room who just can't hear from God because you don't have a relationship with him, here's what I want you to hear from God. John 3, 16. Again, a scripture that we probably already heard before. I already heard that. Now listen to it closely for your life if you have not surrendered. For God so loved the world, for God so loved you and me, that He gave His only Son. He didn't have to do that. He did it, but He loved us so much. He gave His only Son. And whoever believes in Him repents and surrenders. See Jesus came. And lived a perfect life on earth, but but substituting himself for your sins, for my sins, for our sins, so that none will perish.